1: This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels, and 66ers six baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Torrey Hunter Jr.
2: You're listening to the Old Angels podcast. Yeah.
0: What is up? It is your boy, Johnny Mag, joined as always with... Daniel Garcia. And we're here for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. With with one one less person. Yeah, with one less... Who who
2: would have thought there was a back-to-school night when no one goes to school anymore? Right,
0: right. That's when they call in the producer uh, extraordinaire, the curator, Chris Johnson. Um, Hey, by the way, Chris Johnson, the curator, has an Instagram now, so if you guys want to follow... Curator, Curator the, curators, the, chronicles? curators chronicles. the curators' chronicles. Yeah. Check them out on that Instagram. I, yeah. um, I want to quickly uh, d- uh, thank uh, Angelo from Beer Baseball for filling in for me because I didn't have to talk about that three game series. Oh, right I'm now. so
2: sure you felt good about. Uh,
0: it. Oh man, I was like, thank God I don't got to talk about this. Uh, but <laughs> honestly, I didn't watch every- one inning of that game. I was I was up in Big Bear for the weekend, isolated so, from the world. Right, like I had no internet service, and I you had to go to the corner of the cabin by the window and stick my phone out the window to get some service and then I would check and I'd be like oh, and then
2: if God. a bird flies by the right, service gets cut out.
0: So but yeah thanks to Angelo for filling in and, and you guys did a good job. So appreciate that. But uh anyway, yeah, let's let's get into uh you know the the review for the week. It's only two games. They're they're playing the Giants as we speak in San Francisco. We're recording on a Wednesday night um the nineteenth so uh two games to review Right after the Dodgers, Angels played the the Giants at home, two at home, and on um, Monday, Griffin Canyon took the bump. He went four and two thirds, six hits, three and runs, no walks, which I like, but two strikeouts. But again, four and two thirds—that's something that that needs to change, right? For for Griffin Canyon moving forward.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, to go four and two thirds and have a pitch count up to sixty eight. Or not 66, 86. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously that's not a lot of efficiency. Right. And that's something you want to see from 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 an Angels pitcher just in general because mm. besides Bundy, you know, these guys haven't necessarily really been going deep into games.
0: Right. The, so. Uh, yeah. There a lot of 3-2 counts I remember in this game. And Canny and was just, man, he was just struggling from the and, get-go. And
2: a lot of it, too, can kind of be looked at at that first inning. He gives up two runs. Right. So obviously that that inning's kind of prolonged, prolonged. Yeah. Um, than you than you want it to be, but right. you know then he only gives up two hits and then from the second to the fourth inning, but yeah. it was kind of like the damage was done with him right. in the first early early, and you just as as a, as a baseball fan as an angel fan, you just don't like seeing your pitcher get rocked <laughs> early like that, and and especially when you know um, the 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 pitching staff of your team has been struggling.
0: Exactly. So like you mentioned, Angels fall behind early. The Giants took a 2-0 lead on a two-run home run by Brandon Belt. So right off the bat, it was like 2-0. In the third, the Angels tied things up uh, with a first with a sack fly, then La Stella, uh, or sack fly from La Stella, and then a solo shot off the bat of Mike Trout.
1: He'll drive this one out to right center field. This one is long gone. Big fly for Mike Trout, and we are tied at two. We're not worthy! We're
0: In the fifth, the Giants took a three-two lead, but in the bottom of half, Rendon would uh, tie things up with a RBI double, and then that was followed up by a two RBI double by Albert Pujols.
1: Albert hits one out to left field toward the corner. Does it have enough height? That one is off the wall. It'll bring home two. Albert's going to try to get to second, and he is in there with a two RBI double, and the Angels are on top, five to
0: three. And like Victor just said, yeah, that game, the Angels a five-three lead. So, so close so to that close home So close to
2: 660.
0: Yeah, very and close. That,
2: I mean, and, and that, for people that, are, I guess, aren't aware but should be aware, 660 is Willie Mays, and he's one behind him. And right. it, it would have been really, really cool, I think, to see that on the day of the anniversary of, of Willie Mays hitting 660. But um, RBI, couple RBI, or yeah, this was two, RBI's. Called, two RBI double, um, which puts him one behind A-Rod for third place in the RBI, right. all-time RBI list, which, again— we kind of mentioned this. I think it was like two or three podcasts ago. Like it's still pretty cool to see Albert Mm -hmm. kind of climb towards these things. Like it is very possible that the next time he hits a home run, not only is he going to tie Willie Mays, but it's you know, it's possible that he's going to pass a Roth on that list for RBI. So it's definitely something cool to to check out um, for angel fans.
0: Yeah. Second all time in major league baseball. Once he passes Alex Rodriguez. So the angels took a five through league, but in the sixth, the top of that sixth inning, the Giants would come back and, and they would take a 6-5 six, five, six, five lead. And it would stay that way until the bottom of the ninth, Fletcher gets on base, and then Tommy, boom, boom, LaStella, does this.
1: Stella hits one out to right field. Yastrzemski moving back to the wall. That is gone! Drive home safely! Halos winning it in a walk-off by Tommy lestella
0: boom boom goes deep and walks it off the angels win this one seven to six uh it was just a good win the way they won the way they came back
2: yeah and we were kind of texting back and forth during this game and i just you felt or at least i felt with the way this game was going that it was going to take like a walk off because it seemed like anytime the angels get any kind of offensive momentum um like a lead or they tie the game the the pitching would come out and then give up that lead right away so you felt like um they had to get a lead to where the offense couldn't or the, 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 the giants couldn't respond. And that's a walk-off. So, um, like you mentioned, uh, Fletcher was on base and, and in my head, I'm thinking like, cause it was one out. I was thinking, don't double play, don't double play, give trout a chance, give trout a chance, to at least, you know, tie it. Cause they were down by one. And then, uh, Tommy, you know, uh, puts it, puts it, it, it was, I call it a cheapy because what, three years ago, that's a yeah, double, a double. Yep. double, but you know, with a
0: team that's struggling, you'll definitely take it. Maybe even a single because, you know, he hit, he hit that on a line. You're so. right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, yeah,
2: um, at this point, you'll take it. And, yeah. and, and like you mentioned, uh, they walk away with a victory 7-6. to six.
0: Yeah, so good win, like I said, considering the fact that they had just gotten swept by the Dodgers and the way this game needed was something. going. Yeah, back and forth, back and forth. You know, they needed to get this win. So good win. We kind of talked about it. We're like, they kind of need a sweep. But then we head into Tuesday's game. Into Tuesday Tuesday's afternoon, game. yep. Uh, they lose this one uh, to the Giants. Not much offense by the Angels in this one. They got, they got a run in the first on a home run by Mike Trout, and then they got another run in, again in the ninth. But by then, it was an 8-1 to one lead by, by the Giants. Um, the Giants' offense showed up yesterday. Uh, Dylan Bundy didn't pitch all that great. He went four, four innings, four hits, four in runs, four walks, which is you know not what he's been doing. But, you know, you got to attribute it to the Heat. I mean, Dylan Bundy sweats when it's probably 50 <laughs> degrees. Can you imagine? You know, so maybe he didn't have the feel for his ball, you know, for the for his pitches. uh Just did not look like the Bundy in the last three starts uh, since the season started, actually. Uh, but, again, I attribute this one to the offense just not being able to get it done.
2: Yeah, I'm going to – uh I want to be that guy, but – um the home run you said in the beginning I think that was a Lestella home run.
0: Right. You said Trout. For, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Lestella. I'm no. so just so used to Mike Trout. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean,
0: you're right. 9 times mind. out
2: of 10 when somebody hits a home run if you say Trout you're probably going to uh be right but yeah, Lestella again mm-hmm. stays hot. Right. Um kind of showing that he needs to play every day and if that means Albert's um, not playing, it's kind of okay. And and I think that's the thing, too, where Simba, if, when he comes back, if he – not if, but when he comes back, um, your best lineup is going to be Simmons at short, um, Fletcher at second. Because, again, um, unfortunately for this game, I, I believe – I'm looking it up right now. He did not register a hit. So his, uh, you know – Hitting streak. 10-plus hitting streak. I think it was at, what, 16? 16, 16 games. Um, got – you know, uh, stopped. But, um, I think again, your ultimate lineup is going to be Simmons at shortstop Fletcher at, uh, second base. And then let playing at first. Cause he is, um, has a hot bat right now, even against lefties.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Just I, I agree with you hundred on that. So angels lose that one. Uh, unfortunately three and seven in the last 10 games, 8-16 total coming into Wednesday's game. So, 8-16. and 16. They're one game ahead of Seattle for uh, fourth place in the West. The basement. So basement. Yeah, for the basement. Uh, it's not getting any easier. They got the two games in San Francisco. As right we speak, the they're playing. Then they go to for three in Oakland, which isn't far from San Francisco. They go across the bay. And then four in Houston. So, it's not an easy schedule. But, yeah,
2: it's not letting you up know. at all. That's for sure.
0: And we talked about it before the season started that... You know, Angel schedule was it was gonna be a little tough. Um, but the way the pitching staff has been performing just makes it a little harder.
2: Right, no, exactly. And you kind of hope and again coming into this start, Bundy's had two starts. Um, really, really good starts. The last game was a complete game. Uh game time temperature was ninety nine degrees, and then I think uh throughout through the game, I think into like the third inning, it was like I, I think they mentioned it on the radio that it was like one oh three or something right. like that. Um but I'm interested to see what you think about um, obviously, they had an off day before the Dodgers series. With that off day, they were able to push Bundy back a day and start canning on um, Monday on regular rest. It gave Bundy an extra day. Do, how do you feel about that decision?
0: Uh, I don't think it was a bad decision. I think I don't think that played into the inability of Bundy in this game. I think it was more the heat. I think it was more right. just just, you know, right off the bat, like you said, uh we talk about no marine layer. I mean we yeah, saw it in uh-huh. we saw it in ga- the game probably what, the week before where the balls are just fly out of there and Well not games, to mention
2: so. it looks like the, the, the baseballs from last year where they're Yeah. And they're like Super Bowls. Like it this doesn't seem like and you you if you watch a telecast, you see like Victor and Gooby talk about it all the time, like, oh, you know, Pop fly! Oh wow, it's carrying! Oh yeah. wow, it's carrying! That ball's thing, got you know, some
0: carry to it. And, yeah, and then next yeah. thing you know,
2: they're catching on the warning track. Mm-hmm. But it's like at the initial contact, you're thinking, "Okay, cool, it's going to be a regular fly ball." But no, it, it carries a lot yeah. more than um, I think a lot of people expect. And, right. and even add now, you add the. The, the warmth uh, in Southern California and then if, right. you know obviously if you're listening to this and you live in Southern California you know exactly
0: oh, yeah. what we're talking about and it's not just the heat too that time of the day at Angel Stadium the sun is bearing down on the field Oh, it's yeah, not even yeah. like oh you got some shade you know got you got shadow no it's t- like one o'clock and the sun is just straight down especially on the pitcher. so I think you attribute the heat one of the hottest days of the year to. So, I, Bundy yeah. was just struggling.
2: You know, I, and, and I understand the move. And I, and I think it was a good move because if you're thinking to yourself, hey, we have this day game, it looks like it's going to be warm. Why not put our better pitcher out there? Because, you know, Kenny has had difficulty, you know, th- not only throwing strikes, but when he does, <laughs> um, the long ball. Yeah. So, Obviously you kinda of had it in your back of your mind like, man, and you know, maybe there's some of those, you know, uh uh line drives are gonna be home mm-hmm. runs if we put Canning out there. So let's put our better pitcher out there, give him an extra day day of rest, and hopefully he doesn't get a belong ball, which, you know, obviously um didn't help. They scored, you know, they had two home runs in the first like three right. innings. Their
0: first three runs came off of home runs.
2: Right. And, and and yeah. And that was the frustrating part is like the first I think The Giants had a run in the first like three or four innings, right? And it's just that's hard to come back from. But yeah, the offense definitely didn't help, yeah, uh, a lot during that game.
0: Yeah, they scored one in the first, two in the second, two in the fifth, and then two again in the ninth. So it was just a consistent kind of scoring. for the Giants, yeah.
2: Hopefully, one. with them it being up in San Francisco, they get a little more marine layer being yeah. right there right by the on, ocean. on the Covey by
0: the bay. Yeah, so yeah.
2: hopefully that happens.
0: So yeah, Angels three and seven in their last ten games. Not good. They got they got to, they got to start doing something if they want to they want to stay you know within the hunt. Uh, right. But again, uh, we're almost halfway through twenty five games. Yeah, they're playing twenty five right now. Yeah. Uh, so twenty five games in five games that means halfway through the season. And uh, they're going to have to really start playing some ball here soon. So, also uh, before the before, on the other side of the break, we're going to have a interview we had with Angels beat reporter MLB. dot com beat reporter for the Angels, Rhett Bollinger, uh, the we, fourth member of our of our he's, cast, he's an
2: unofficial fourth member. But we also talk. We, yeah, we talk about the Angel season, mm-hmm. what's going to happen, trade deadlines. So definitely want to keep uh, keep keep playing for that. And so we'll be right back
0: yep. after this. No. Oh. Those are the screams I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Oh yeah, thank you Manscaped for turning my loud shrieks here into multiple peaks. Here, cream of the crown. Man, start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. Oh, yeah. Manscaped lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce painful nicks and tugs. Yeah, those nicks and tugs are gone. This is their third-generation tremor featuring advanced skin-safe technology. Oh, yeah. Technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. Yeah, nice and smooth. Yeah, that's right. And Manscaped Engineering team obsessed over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. They spent eighteen months, yeah, eighteen months, perfecting that great ball hair trimmer ever created. The just released new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, oh, yeah, the cream of the crop, yeah, too sweet to be sour. Yeah. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last you ninety minutes, so you can take longer shave. And that water resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower too. Oh yeah, in the shower after that after that long match, uh huh, yeah. One of the coolest features is a LED light that illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise training. So many people have written in stories about the long 3.0 and have sent your man here, yeah. Sent them pictures so I could see the smoothness for myself, and I'll tell you something, man. That ain't kidding, I ain't kidding, it's a green crap. yeah, oh, God, oh yeah! You need to try this out for yourself, get 20% off plus free shipping when you use armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off when you use armchair at manscaped.com, oh yeah! up johnny catfish here ambassador for Groom goon beard and body care are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh do yourself a favor and do what i did and check out www.groomgoon.com. listen to my show the punk corner on epic radio every thursday from 5 p.m
2: to 7 p.m there's no shortage of action going on with our partner over at BetOnline.ag. the sports world is slowly making its way back with the nba announcing its return in late july but right now ufc boxing nascar and international soccer all have resumed play and BetOnline online has the best odds for their upcoming games and matches Need more? Bet Online has simulated NBA, NF- NFL, UFC live every day for our devoted gamblers and check it out. BetOnline Online also offers hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit Bet Online on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, your online wagering experts.
0: And we are here with. MLB.com beat writer for the Angels, Rhett Bollinger, a, uh, just a, a, a regular on the show now. Rhett, welcome Rhett. to the show again. Thanks for having me on again.
2: So, you know, obviously we had you on the beginning of the year, and, and I believe tonight's game, as we record before first pitch on Wednesday night, this is going to be the 25th game of the Angels season. Um, so far from what you've seen, what are some of the surprises you've seen? A good surprise and, and maybe a bad surprise also.
3: I guess the big thing is just—I'm like, sure the bad surprise is how you know rough star a start has been to start the year to be eight and twenty-four and start eight sixteen. Sorry, they twenty-four games. Definitely not the start that you want. Um, you know, I think that that's been rough. I think it's been a little bit of a surprise at the bullpen. Uh, was supposed to be a strength and definitely early on, especially uh, you know had a tough time with a lot of the leads hasn't really been the strength that we thought. Uh, in terms of positive sur- surprises, I guess you have to say just to see you know how much David Fletcher's continued to improve as a player. Obviously, it's not a surprise what Trout and Rendon can do. Bundy, I think, is definitely a big surprise the way he's been able to put it together. Obviously, his last start wasn't as good, Um, but for me, obviously, I think the big the big topic is obviously the fact that it's just been a rough start to the year and in a season where you know only 60 games, you don't have as much time to kind of make up that
0: ground. Yeah, you you touched on the bullpen. Uh, You know, we talked about it even heading into even at the end of last year when the Angels got Keenan Middleton back there towards the end. We Daniel and I had talked about. Man, that three headed monster out of the bullpen that can you know, you have Middleton, Buttry, and Robles that can all save you a game. Heading in now, heading into the twenty fifth game of the season, like how do they fix this problem with the bullpen where they just cannot, you know, hold a lead or hold a tie game. Like where where do they go in your opinion? What what can they do to fix this?
3: At this point, i kind of hope these guys get better. You know, I think Buttry has been better recently. You know, Robles had a really rough start to the year. He's been better. Middleton's been pretty up and down. Um, but Felix Pena, I you gave know, the home run the other day. But uh, Pena is a guy they like a lot now because he's a late inning reliever. So, um, you know, they brought in new guys. You know, Barnes and Myers. Um, they've been kind of same thing, kind of up and down like Middleton. So, it's about kind of getting these guys set into you know their actual you know individual roles and kind of getting them going from there. Uh, obviously, we know that you know. Uh, Robles lost a closer job, so for him to kind of regain that possibility or keep butchering that role, we'll kind of see how that goes going forward. But yeah, it's just tough. Like you know, it's such a short season, and how these guys have rough starts kind of gets magnified. So you got to regain that confidence. I you know one thing they talked about is just the fact that you know it's tough to pitch without fans the stands as a reliever because you're kind of basing that adrenaline and all that. But at the same time, every team's kind of dealing with that too. So it's hard to use that as an excuse. But I think they got to kind of get these guys. Cemented in their roles and just kind of get these guys going. I um, mean, there has been some positive signs. Some of these guys have been better recently, but you know, it's already been a pretty big hole to kind of dig yourself from.
2: So we put out on our social media on our Halo underscore Haven, both on Twitter and Instagram, uh, for questions. And one of the questions we got here from Ruben asked: um, It seems like the it seems like we can't get the pitching and offense to have good games at the same time. But when they do, it, it looks fantastic. It's clear we need new arms, um, above-average arms, if we're going to make the playoff push. What pitchers do you think Epler should go for? So I'm guessing this is kind of going towards um, the trade deadline. Trade deadline is less than two weeks away from when we record this. Do you see? I guess do you see the Angels making any kind of trade, or do you guess do you also then to see any kind of big trades just in Major League in general?
3: Yeah, I'm curious about that. I don't really know yet. I'm kind of curious to see. I don't. My initial guess is there's probably not going to be too many big trades just because. You know, going into this, you only getting a player for, for one month, um, and you know, even next to this, some uncertainty what's going to happen with everything. So, uh, I, unless you get a guy maybe that's under you know control for several years, I think teams might be a little bit you know less likely to make a, a big trade for a guy that's going to maybe be a free agent soon, uh, just because of the whole timing of all this. Um, Angels-wise, I think obviously any starting pitcher could definitely help them, except a, acquiring another arm for that because that's sort of a you know concern right now. Um, you got to kind of continue to see. But I think at the same time, too, the probably start kind of seeing what they have with some of these young guys. You know, Sandoval's in the rotation now, and Canning. You know, we could see, you know, Jose oh, Suarez up here soon. You know, Berea pitched in relief. So I think they'll continue to see some of the young guys up here pitch. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing right now is getting this rotation kind of back in order without Otani, which is a big hit, you know, to lose him. The you know, Bundy's definitely picked it up. Heaney kind of same thing a little up and down. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't really see them getting an arm. Per se, this 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 August, I think it's probably going to be a little bit more uh, conservative in that in that regard. But um, I, I do think it obviously could help them, and just because they do need starting pitching for sure.
2: And he kind of had a follow up question, and I'm sure this is more concerning, like after the season when you're kind of in that um, you know winter meeting kind of mode. But the possibility, he said, he heard of a friend talking about the idea of trading probably a top prospect like Adele for a top-20 pros- pitching prospect, like he, he threw some out there, like Nate Peterson, Casey Mize. Uh, what do you think of that kind of mood? It's definitely bold, but um, I would be all ears to land a young arm, long, young, controllable arm like that.
3: Yeah, those are fun kind of trades to talk about, but they rarely happen. You know, it's not too often that you see two teams make trades for two young prospects like that that are just, you know, kind of positionally blocked or anything like that. It, it is pretty rare. There, there have been some cases like that. but Usually, you know, you trade – Guys for a veteran, you know what I mean? You trade Adele for veteran pitching. Um, It's it's really pretty rare for you to do that for a young pitcher because just young pitchers don't really know what you're going to get in them yet, too. Same thing, obviously, for acquiring Adele. You don't really know. But especially for pitchers, I think the Angels would be more likely to trade a guy like Adele for an established pitcher. At the same time, I don't see them trading Adele anyway. I kind of see them kind of – he's kind of the guy that I I can see them holding on to. I think they're more likely to trade Marsh than Adele. Um, but we'll kind of see how that goes. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's fun to talk about for sure, and definitely dream on some of those fun young prospects and that kind of trade. But it's just pretty rare the teams actually do that and trade prospects for prospects uh, right. like that.
0: Right. Um, you know, you you, t- you touched on uh, you know Angels possibly trading like a uh, like a Marsh or or maybe like a Jordan Adams or somebody like that, a Jeremiah Jackson. But in all honesty, uh, what's out there? On the market for guys like that, like who 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 would the Angels be able to get in return for you know maybe a, a Marsh or or a Jeremiah Jackson or somebody? Is there anybody out there who you think? Oh yeah, maybe like because in my opinion, I don't think that that lands you a a front you know front of the rotation kind of guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess. The big question would be, you know, are the, are the Indians going to make you know Pleszak or Clevenger available? And if they do, right. those would be easily two of the guys you'd want to go after, you know, because those guys are, are really good. And obviously, the Reds are trying to compete, but Trevor Bower's is a guy that could be dealt at some point too, because he's you know his contract's coming up here. I think after next season, um, you know, so I think those are the kind of guys you can go after, guys that are veterans that um, could kind of really help the staff right now. I mean, obviously, it'd be great to get a cost control guy. Like the way that the dying backs did getting Zach Gallen from the from the Marlins, I ended up being a really good trade for them already. Um but I I, I think probably more of a veteran guys will be more likely. I, I, I think just because it's more likely to happen in the in the off season. I haven't done a real big like truthfully yet, I haven't researched too much yet on who's gonna be available at this deadline. Uh, just I just don't think it's gonna be that many big names, but certainly I think in this off season that could be definitely the case.
2: So kinda of again, going back and talking about Joe a little bit, <clears throat> we have another email from uh, Stephen Steven Atwater. Um, and and also too, just you know, going back to when we initially talked back way back in Tempe, which seems like a lifetime ago, yeah. um, you know, it was pretty obvious then that Joe wasn't necessarily gonna make the opening day roster there. But this question has to do with his kind of timetable now. He says, Um, what is your feeling about Joe Adele so far? Um, I feel like if it was a normal season with games being played in the minors, he wouldn't have been uh he wouldn't be up uh am I right. So how do you feel about that? If it was like like he said, like a normal uh, season? Do you think he'd be up or he'd still being with uh, Salt Lake?
3: I mean, I guess it kind of depends on how Upton was doing. I think in this case, but the way Upton's played this year, kind of forced her, her hand. Um, and in the shorter season, too, they waited that extra week so they get that extra year of control from him <laughs> in terms of going forward. Well, there's always still a chance he'd get optioned again. Because uh, so far, you know, he's looking a little bit more comfortable out there. Obviously, he had a really rough start with, uh, you know, that play in right field and the ball going off his glove and all that. And just a rough weekend yeah. before strikeouts in that game, too. Uh, but he's hitting the ball hard. If you look at exit velocities, he starts to get the ball in the air more, and it'll be a little bit better. And then defensively, he's made a couple of nice plays recently. I think that's going to be, uh, you know, helps him with his confidence and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I-, I do think that if it was a regular season, I think my prediction coming in was it was going to be maybe late in the year, late in the summer, if we came up, because they wanted to get him more reps at AAA. Because like we saw, you know, he hasn't really been. You know, Myers, I think he's going to be a good defensive right fielder. He, uh, you know, he's had some issues in right field defensively. We talked about that in summer camp, and sure enough. We've seen it in some of the games, too. So, um, yeah, I do think it would have been really helpful for him, too, to be able to play to AAA and to kind of get more at-bats and more reps there. Uh, it, it's tougher to do that in Long Beach in kind of the same way. Um, but, you know, at this point it is what it is, and I, I think that they did the right thing when they called him up. It's just so far, you know, it just shows you how hard it is to come up there in those circumstances as a rookie because, you know, we've seen some of that, uh, you know, just some of the issues, those rookie mistakes so far.
2: And you kind of mentioned it about Upton's struggles. Do you think if Upton was having a, an average to just maybe below average year for himself, um, Joe would be up right now? Or do you think they kind of felt pushed to bring him up earlier, uh, maybe than they wanted to because Upton was struggling so badly?
3: Yeah, I think it definitely had to do with Upton for sure. I think there's you know, part of it you know, was also just the way Adele was doing. But I think the most of it was with the way Upton was playing. Upton was really struggling. They needed a bat in that lineup. Um, but, you know, it's too bad for, you know, Goodwin's playing so well. Um, at this point, you know, to have Adele be the right fielder, you got to play him every day because you don't want him on the bench either. So it's kind of a tough situation. I definitely do think that they that wouldn't be in this if Upton was playing to his capability. But the fact that he you know, was hitting like 100, I think they had to make this move.
0: <laughs> yeah, you kind of answered my question. I mean, how surprised were you? Well, not surprised, I guess, you know, like you said, with Joe Adele coming up, he's got to play every day. But uh, Brian Goodwin has, I mean, Ever since last year, has been playing out of his mind. In my opinion, this is a guy that we picked up kind of just like late in the because spring up got training hurt. because of Upton getting hurt, and you know we we really didn't see him being a part of the lineup. But now that he's just been two years of like consistency from this guy, um, uh, are you are you are are you a little surprised that maybe you know uh, he did maybe he well I guess what I'm trying to get at are you surprised that um, he's not, you know, looked at – or he's, as, he's looked at as a platoon guy now. Is that, is that something that, you know, shocks you a little bit?
3: Yeah, I, mean, I think at this point he definitely deserves to play pretty much every day. Um, you know, he still at lefties pretty well. Even last year at lefties, almost the same as he did right-handers. So, um, and I think we've seen a little bit more of that. We haven't seen as much Upton recently. You know, he is, we're, tonight we're talking on a Wednesday, and he is in the lineup uh, against Johnny Cueto. A guy who's familiar with just facing him a lot over his career is what Madden said to us earlier. Um, but we're seeing less of Upton, so I, I do think that you know it's crazy that I think about Upton and the money he's owed for the next few years after this too. So it's not just said, this year problem; they got to figure this out, you know, in and, and future years. And, and obviously, if they don't trade Marsh. Uh, you know, they, they've got a pretty full outfit coming in here with Adele and Marsh out there. Um, you know, that would be you know a lot of guys that, to combine with, with Trout, obviously, and Goodwin and Adele. So I mean, that's a lot of guys, and then Upton's contract. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. So it's definitely a tough spot for the for the organization to have Upton play this poorly. and I guess I have to hope that he's going to bounce back. But I do think at least the good news was that they were able to get a good win really for nothing last year right before the start of the season just because of Upton's injury.
2: Yeah, and kind of obviously we have no idea what is going to happen with um, Upton. I mean, at least I haven't seen anything publicly about what they're going to say to do with Upton with the years moving forward. But if I put you in that GM chair, you know, for the Angels – What do you think uh, or what do you think they should do with Upton after this season? It's
3: hard to know what you really can do, right? I mean, with the kind of money he's owed, you know, I don't think any team is going to take on any of his salary, really, so if you'd have to really, you know, unless you really traded away some top prospects along with him, um, it'd be tough to do that. You know, I think that you might be kind of stuck in a situation and could just kind of roll with him again and hope that Another off season that he can kind of get it going because I mean he's still not that old. He's still only 31 years old. You know, you're hoping that maybe he still has some, something to take next year in a normal season. Maybe this year just with the shortened season and coming off the injuries, this wasn't his year. But it's been kind of a long time considering you know what he did last year too. So since he really started clicking, so that just makes it really tough. Um, but yeah, trading him would just be a, a real tough thing to do because of the fact that you know teams aren't going to really want a guy with that kind of money owed and then even his production, not, you, know, you know, obviously he'd be a bounce back candidate, but you know, it'd be kind of like when they got rid of Tozart Yeah, they had to trade away their first rounder, you know, to do that. And I, you know, Upton's even owed even more money than that, you know. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just I think at this point you have to just kind of roll with him, and just worst case, absolute worst case, like at some point you would have to probably DFA him, maybe if he can't do oh, anything, nice. and just kind of move on. But I don't think they're to that point yet, obviously. And I think that that might not even happen until next year if that does happen. So. But at the same time, Upton definitely has to kind of get this going here because, you know, if it weren't for his contract, he definitely wouldn't be in this situation.
0: You just gave me Josh Hamilton flashbacks right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, not another one of those.
0: And a left fielder, by the way.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously, you know, last year was your first year covering the Angels. That was Brad Osmus's first and last year with the Angels. This year coming in, obviously, the big kind of thing was Joe um, coming back home. Um, you know, how have you seen? I mean, granted, this is like a weird season, it's not the normal season, but, um, but the, the start that Brad had last year for the first, you know, 20 something games was a lot better than what the f- start was for Joe this first 20 games. Do you see anything, um, you know, is there anything that Joe could have done differently, you think, in, in this to maybe win a couple games that they didn't?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to put it on Joe. It's also hard, even as a B Rider, to know. The season's so strange. We didn't really have the access in there. You know, some of the nice things about being a beer Rider is you're able to talk to some of the players and get a better feel for right. what the clubhouse is really like and what the leadership's really like up top. Um, we don't really have that right now. You know, there's not, we don't have clubhouse access, so you don't have chances to talk to players individually. It's all through, like, group things. it's harder to get a better feel for how the players feel and just how the clubhouse is kind of responding to Joe. Um, I think going back, obviously, you can always play, you know, looking back and you can make different pitching choices and changes. You know, I think that obviously early on some of the bullpen changes he made and pulling guys early definitely seemed like it was an issue. Um, and I think some of the starting pitchers seemed like they were a little frustrated when he was pulling guys a little earlier than they expected. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it's just really hard to get a feel, truthfully, just because of the uni- this year being so unique and not being there uh, with the team. So, you know, I'm kind of you know, other than being at the ballpark, here and there and in the press box and being i you know, watching live it on TV too so it's hard for me to really be in there like the way that I usually would but um, so it's hard to really compare that you know I think there was some more distrust last year not even so much with Brad but even just with you know the pitching coach um, you know Doug White and all that I think that was kind of an issue whereas I haven't really I think I don't really know enough about how the players feel about Callaway yet just because we're not in there every day so I'm hoping that obviously next year things get back to normal and you can kind of answer these questions a little bit Better, but as of right now, it's hard to know how much to you know blame Joe or what to put on Joe. um But obviously, this has been a, you know, a different, very very tough start for this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, Twitter universe knows all the answers, so they, Joe is to blame for everything. <laughs> but um no, uh it, it has to be the season and the the abrupt stop to spring training, right? That you know stop the the momentum of you know the coaches getting to know the players. You know. Uh, I think Dan and I have mentioned it on the show where, you know, you don't know what kind of team you have until, you know, almost the all-star break. So uh, to blame Joe has to, you know, you have to pump your brakes a little bit, right? It has to be the fact that this season is just so not like any other, right?
3: Yeah, I think so. And I think too, like I said, to learn this team, you know, it is his first year here. He didn't have a full spring training with these players. You know, only had like half of a spring training with these guys. Um, you know, and even getting used to your bullpen, like I said, he kind of, I think it usually takes about a month or so to kind of figure out, you know, who you can depend on, who's you know, who's hot in your bullpen, who you need to stay away from, who's, you know, what, what kind of order you should go with, and I think that early on in the year, we've seen that change already, We saw him really lean on Barnes and Mayers early, and those guys now have kind of fallen back a little bit, and we've seen Pena go up a little bit, and Middleton kind of go back up a little bit, um, so we, we've seen some changes, even just in those roles and obviously from Robles not being closer anymore. So we've seen some of those changes. At least he hasn't been slow to make changes. And even today, you know, Julio Duran was moved from the rotation to the bullpen. So he's doing what he thinks he needs to do for you know, changes and, and the same thing he's he's playing a lot of the young guys, you know, he's played a lot of Rengifo and Rengifo, sorry, and and Taylor Ward and some of these guys just to see what they have. Um and it, just sometimes, you know, in the regular season that's it's fine to do that, but it has been a little tougher you play some of these guys that are not playing very well, and it's a shorter season, everything definitely gets magnified.
2: So another one of our questions from uh, Daryl Roberts. Um, I'm paraphrasing here, but, it, you know, the schedule coming up for the Angels seems to be very tough, obviously, with um, the NL West coming up, and also, obviously, you know, the Astros and the A's on their schedule. But at what point do you think that they're going to be out of it as far as you know, if 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 they're going to be, like, eight games out, ten games out, like, at what point do you think they um, are just going to be completely out of the playoff push?
3: Well, I think the one thing that helps me is that the eighth spot right now really hasn't really had anyone run away with it yet. You know, I think right now the odds of them catching <laughs> the A's are impossible pretty much. It's not right. going to happen. Uh, you know, the Astros, even, it would be tough for them to even catch them. Not that the Astros are even playing mm-hmm. that great this year, but just with a slow start, they're already, you know, pretty pretty far behind them. So I think their best case scenario is trying to fight for one of those last playoff spots, you know, kind of available there. And, and right now, that eighth spot, no one's really ran away with it. I think it's a lot of teams right now that are right around 500, um, like the you know the White Sox are right in that mix. I think the Rangers, the Orioles, which is pretty amazing for them to be in that. So it's a lot of teams like that that are kind of right around 500-ish. So it's not like there's you know a lot of ground to make up, but they're not that far behind that pace. But um, once if one of those teams get hot, you know gets hot though, and all of a sudden, you know the Angels go on a losing streak. You know it could be pretty tough, and like you know, but it is true. They have a tough slate coming up right now. With you know, they got to go to Oakland. They play Houston coming up. They play the Padres coming up. They play Houston again. Um, so yeah, it's not kind of letting up on them right now. They kind of have a tough stretch here. They've got to weather this. They've kind of got to get everything going. But like I said, it's just tough right now with the way the rotation's kind of been, you know, inconsistent recently. You know, Heaney and, and uh, you know, and Canning haven't been as good recently in Tehran's not in the rotation anymore and you know bundy's coming off a rough one and you know and so it's just kind of tough getting everything back together and getting on one of these winning streaks but at this point you know with being eight and 16 they really got to get it kind of going pretty quickly here
2: and kind of piggybacking off of that i'm interested to see because i'm sure you see it it's on twitter it's on social media and again angel fans are are what they are what are what they are (laughs) um but the idea of tanking the idea of Tanking this season to get a better draft pick, you know, getting getting a, a high level pitcher in the draft or, or something like that. What are your thoughts about the Angels, quote unquote, tanking this year, or maybe just even when teams tank in general? What what's your what's your feeling about that?
3: Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think the, I don't think the Angels will do that just because they have too many good players with with Trout and Rendon and those kind of guys. And unless those guys get hurt, I don't really see them doing that at all. Um, you know, I, I think that's not really something you do too often in baseball. I, I think it's more of you, know, you do say sometimes some teams that are kind of doing it over the long haul. You know, if a team like is rebuilding for a long time, like the Orioles, um, you know, or even the Mariners to a certain degree, um, it's different than that one-year, one-year tanking thing. There's not really, it's not much of an advantage. You, you see it more in basketball than in baseball. I know, obviously, right now that you know, Camier Rocker, I think, is a projected top pick. He's a really good pitcher out yeah, of Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt which yeah. you know would be, which would be a you know a, a big addition, but. I don't think I don't really see them tanking in a sense. You know, I I could see them you know later in the year, especially if they're kind of out of it, continuing to pitch all the young guys and having you know Sandoval and Suarez and and you know guys like that and Berea and you know Canning, and all those guys kind of get a lot of the innings to kind of see what they have in some of the young guys. Um, but they have too many veterans in that lineup for them to go full tank mode or anything like that. So um, if it happens, it happens probably by accident. <laughs> I mean, they're not the Pirates. The Pirates, some of those teams don't really have kind of players the angel do. I think some of it's been, you know, you look at the run differential. It shouldn't be this bad of a team. Um, you know, they've had a lot of close losses, a lot of, you know, bullpen mistakes, and, you know, it's been ugly in a lot of different ways And runners in scoring position, and every way you can lose, they've kind of found ways. But this isn't like a, like a really bad team on paper where you're like, you know, oh, just kind of let all the young guys play and just lose. This team has too many good players in it for them to totally tank. But so far it's just been, you know, one of those really, you know, rough stars.
2: And you mentioned the young guys, especially the young pitchers. You guys, um, there was a story I I think you did, and I I think a couple of your peers did too, about Reed Detmers possibly being up with the Angels at some point this year. Do you think that's a realistic expectation for a kid that just got drafted um, out of college? So obviously he's not like out of high school or anything like that, but do you think that's possible to see him at some point um, up with the big team this year?
3: I'd be a little surprised just because, you know, first year, you know, just got drafted here not that long ago, I think he's got the ability to be up there pretty soon. Uh, from what they say, you know, he's got really, really good command and control of his pitches, really good spin rate, even though he doesn't throw that hard on his fastball, so he can locate that fastball up and throw that curveball down and change the eye level of hitters. So he's supposed to be, you know, pretty polished. Um, so I don't think he'd come up here and probably embarrass himself or anything. I just don't know if they want to start that yet and, and get him up here. Enough, if it really makes as so much sense. Um, I think that we could see him as soon as next year. I mean, I think if, you know, he, I think he could come up here this year if a lot of guys were to get hurt. Um, but I think overall, probably less likely for him to do that. But um, yeah, I do think that he's close. I think that yeah, I said just because he you know in college was considered the kind of the guy that's closest to reaching the majors right out of you know right out of college. So I do think there's a chance, but I still think it's more likely next year than this year.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, why would why would you go with Detmers when you know you got a guy like Sandoval, Suarez, Berea, They can, they they need the work and have pitched at this level, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think at this point Detmers is kind of getting work as it is, being able to pitch in you know professional setting, And Long Beach, which is good for him. Got to kind of get that setting, and then they have other pitchers they can use too for now. But like, they don't probably need Detmers, but we'll see. I mean, I, you know, we'll get better reports on how he's been faring down there. Um, you know, he's only pitched, I think, five innings down there total. I guess he pitched yesterday too, so. He's pitched like nine innings so far total. So he hasn't really pitched that many innings even down there yet.
2: So kind of going um, more now major league wide. Um, the COVID scare, um, obviously with the Marlins and the Cardinals. Um, in your eyes, how close did it get for MLB? Just kind of closing the whole thing down.
3: Um, I don't. I mean, it's hard to really know exactly how close. Um, I think that obviously there were discussions about it in terms of the fact that the commissioner came out and said it. They want to get everything kind of figured out by that Monday. Um, so I think there's some worry across the game that it could have got shut down. But, um, you know, fortunately, it, it's really been those two teams so far. It's had a real, you know, team wide breakout. You know, the Reds were fortunate enough that, you know, they had this um, COVID case. But so far from testing, they've only had the one player test positive, which is a good sign that they're doing the right thing in terms of trying to prevent the spread within teams now and taking some of the stuff a little bit more stringently. Um, but you know, all it takes, though, know, is, you know, a couple other teams or a couple other players to. Make bad decisions, but I think that hopefully that the, the hope is that this will kind of scared the players straight in terms of just seeing what had happened. They realized, you know, we can't go out. Let's just, hey, let's just get through the season. It's only even now, a month and a half left, you right. know, not even a little bit more than a month left. Let's just get through this. And then I think it makes a lot of sense. I do think that baseball, you know, has obviously been looking at doing a bubble for the postseason. And I think that would make a lot of sense just to be able to kind of make sure because. Could you imagine if you made the playoffs and your team got a you know break out of COVID and then you had to forfeit around like, like after game two or ridiculous. something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. that would be.
3: Yeah, exactly. You're up 2-0 in the series, and all of a sudden, a couple of your guys get COVID, and you're all of a sudden now you're disqualified or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and we've seen the NBA so far. You know, they they released their test results today, and still zero positives in the NBA in the playoffs bubble. So, clearly the bubbles have been working. You know, so I think the MLB should be should be, should be using a bubble in the playoffs to make sure that we can get through it. So I'm hopeful now. I I definitely am much more optimistic now today than I was when that stuff first came out, but I'm optimistic now for they can kind of push through this and get to the postseason and find a bubble and and have a, have a, whatever we can of a season.
2: And you kind of mentioned with the playoffs and I want to get your opinion on the idea. Now, obviously because of what happened with the Cardinals, I think they've only played like eight games this year so far. And like we mentioned, (laughs) the angels are like on game 25 today. Um, do you if you had if you could you know again make the rules would you put like a minimum game played kind of deal for i like, think i understand winning percentage is going to probably come into play at some point but would you put like a minimum hey you need to at least be able to play you know 45 out of the 60 games or at least need yeah. to play 50 out of the 60 games before you qualify for the playoffs or do you think it would be like oh well you know you played 35 games and you got a good winning percentage okay come on in
3: well i think mlb is probably working you know, directly with the team to make sure it's not just like the Cardinals like, hey, we're only playing 30 games, all we can do. I think MLB is like played pretty much making the decisions for them and telling them, hey, you're playing this many doubleheaders, you're playing this one. You know, I think obviously if weather gets in the way, that's one thing. But I think MLB is going to schedule them out to have, you know, a ton of doubleheaders, seven innings and all that, to make sure they get as many games as they can. And then from there, if weather's a factor, then it is. But they obviously, I do think at the end of the year, I think that Winning percentage might just kind of end up having to come into play for them, maybe with the Marlins too for a few games because they're still a little bit behind as well. Um, and we've seen that happen before. I think in 1981, the, the strike-shortened season, uh, the schedules were a little bit off too. I think some teams didn't have as many as like three or four It was like three or four games, so it wasn't quite as much as the yeah. Cardinals. So <laughs> there is some precedent. But something obviously you'd like to see them get to as close as 60, but I don't know that it's set a you know, direct minimum. But I certainly would make sure they played almost doubleheaders almost daily, yeah. and uh, you know played the seven inning ones, and then just played as many games as they could because you know they, they got to make up as many as they can in a short amount of time.
0: Um, touching on the whole COVID thing, keeping what keeping with the subject, what are your thoughts on the Please act situation? Um, what do you? I mean, uh, to me, kind of immaturity on more on Plezac side. The, you know, the when he spoke out. Um, what, you, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I think it was obviously immature for both of them to do what they did in general, knowing, you know, especially to have a teammate like, you know, Carlos Carrasco, who, yes. you know, is coming off of the junior, yeah, know. You, know, right. you know what I mean? And so it's one thing if, you know, if you have a team where you don't have to worry about that, or whatever, uh, you don't have any guys that have any sort of, you know, illnesses or any sort of, you know, pre-existing conditions. Um, but to have a, you know, a guy in your own rotation who has that and then do that, and if the police act to get caught and have to go home, but then to have Cleveter not admit it, you know, and go on the team plane and, and be with the team. You know, what if, you know, by chance, they, you know, Clevenger did get it with Plesak that night. You know, Clevenger was around his team that next day, so, you know, he was the one that lied about that too. So. And then Plesak made it worse with his video, which yeah. is just like a rambling nonsense <laughs> where he's in his car driving, and that mm-hmm. just made him look like an idiot. And then, you know, Clevenger uh, so far, you know, for both of them to be optioned was surprising, but I guess too they can keep those guys down and get an extra year of control. That's um, crazy, They're yeah, both I, really good, so I don't really know if, yeah, I don't know if they're going to trade them or not. I, I'd be a little surprised, but it was pretty interesting to see them yeah. option like that. I yeah. mean,
2: I read that too, where if they keep them down for another like 14, 10 to 14 days, they'll get an extra year on both of them. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's just right around the trade deadline. So now they become even more, uh, you know, if they want to go that route with trading one of them, now they become even more yeah. valuable because now they have that extra year of control that makes it even, you know, the price even more expensive. But, um... Yeah, that was crazy, and, and you being, you know, media, how tiring is it to hear a guy always come out and say, uh, blaming the media for X, Y, and Z? Yeah,
3: I mean, it's a little tiring, but it's just one of those things, too, where you has to realize that it wasn't the media that was scolding him, it was his own teammates, you know, right. you to know, look at what Adam Plutko, you know, a guy from Glendora, uh, my hometown, had to say about it, you know, yeah. and then he was really, you know, forthcoming about the fact that these guys got to earn back the trust from the team and all that kind of thing, because you know, they, they had these strict guidelines that they're supposed to, you know, abide to. And I know, obviously, all you know, apparently what they did was innocent. They went to dinner with a friend, went to the friend's house. I mean, stuff like that that I think that some of us have all done, too, you know, during the pandemic. But obviously, it wasn't forbidden for us to do it. And we didn't interact, you know, daily with a guy that has leukemia. You know right. what I mean? So, we you just got to know, rules, you know, the rules. Yeah, you just got to, exactly. You got to follow the rules. And then don't lie about it or don't, you know, blame everybody else when you get caught. Like, please, that it's just not a good look. So, Got to have some accountability. Um, obviously, the Indians care about this kind of stuff. They are, they are doing this and keeping them down. I think the Indians also know their schedule is pretty soft, and they can probably sneak in the playoffs no matter what because the division is so weak in the Central, and two teams making right. it from there, they'll probably get that second seed behind the Twins. You know, even if they don't even have these guys for a couple of weeks, so mm-hmm. they're in a good spot that way. But those guys are really good, so it didn't come as a surprise around the league for them to get an option like that.
2: So now, obviously, with the short season, there's a bunch of guys on one-year contracts that I honestly don't know how they're going to evaluate someone like a Julio Tehran, someone with one year left like a Simba, or even like Epler, you know, last year of his contract. So I kind of want to focus on Epler. Do you know, not even if you know, because I feel feeling like if you knew you would put it out there, but how do you feel about the idea of him coming back next year um, with the Angels? Because it, it just doesn't seem like it's been a fair, you know, Show of what he can do with a season Like it is right now
3: Yeah exactly it's tough to know It's also kind of up in the air right now um, From what I know I have not been told That he got an extension or anything to this point At all um, and you know it would be A tough way for him to go out you know with this season you know, Obviously they still have time to turn it around But you know for everything that went on His craziness is here um, You know tough circumstances um, But you know it's clear that you know not every decision that In this organization is made by him Sometimes there's other ones that are made above him so it's an interesting situation you know with with the GM position here um then I think that we'll find out more I'm sure soon especially as we get closer to the end of the season uh it could go either way in my opinion I don't really know yet exactly how it's going to go um but it's definitely been a tough year for the Angels and I think that Bob obviously doesn't help his case that so far you know this year again has been another rough one
2: yeah like talk about that like okay let's just say play it forward um let's say for whatever reasons the Angels and Epler decide to go separate ways does that kind of is it not a good look for the Angels to be like, hey, we need you know the season was was what it was and it wasn't a great barometer of what it is, and yet we're still getting rid of this guy? Is that that that's, that can't be a great look for the organization, no.
3: No, but at the same time, I think you know other teams will do it too. And I think that you know you're basing it on the body of work in general, and I do think Billy's done a really good job of building up the farm system. But I guess they can always point to the fact they haven't you know won any division titles at all recently, so they can they can you know point to certain things. That's what they want to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's obviously never a good look when you get rid of someone like that, especially after a, a season like this when it's, you know, a crazy 60-game season and all that. But I, I still think other teams could still make changes within their, you know, manager, GM spots too um, just because I mean, it could be based on previous years and results and all that stuff. But, yeah, it, it is tough for up or not to get a full – if we if were not to get a full, you know, kind of run of things just because of the way everything went this year, it's just kind of a tough way to go if it were to happen. But said, so we'll find out more. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so this is the start of the year definitely has
2: no help And again, we're with Red Bollinger from MLB.com, dot com Angels beat writer. Follow him at, at Red Bollinger on Twitter for all the updates for uh, the Angels. Obviously, there's going to be a bunch of uh, stuff going on. You know, like you mentioned it, Hulo Tehran got bumped to the bullpen, so now the starting pitcher tomorrow is up in the air. So um, definitely give him a follow on Twitter. Set your set your alerts uh, and and know right when something happens. So last question. Uh, for you, Red, and again, thank you for uh, you know spending some time and being an unofficial, uh, I guess, we'll be fourth member of, of the <laughs> All Angels podcast. But I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, last question for you: 03, are you swinging? Oh, you mean three <laughs> o-,
3: o? O, o- three. Th- oh right yeah, oh right? Yeah, three O. Three O. Are you struck out from O3 Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, three O. Are you swinging? No, I mean, yeah. I mean, why not? But I guess the question is though, if, if you're, you know, if your coach though says you'd have a take sign and you notice it then obviously you're not swinging, but if you watch the video, um, he never even looked at his third base coach, so mm-hmm. he was going to swing no matter what anyway. So he didn't miss the sign in the sense of actually like seeing it and then not, you know, listening. But so yeah, if I don't have it, if I don't have a take sign and it's 3-0, you know what I mean, and the bases are loaded, and I got to get my stats and I'm trying to win for my team, of course I'm going to swing. And deals the, you know what I mean. It, it, was, it was all pretty blown up, you know, out of proportion, kind of silly. Um, but yeah, I do think that obviously there are signs, and even Madden said they they'd probably put down a sign you know, at an Angels game like that, if they were up big and they had 3-0 count, they'd tell you, hey, don't swing. But the fact is, Satis didn't see it and just ripped <laughs> one there, you know, for that grand slam. And it was pretty fun to see. That guy's been pretty, pretty amazing. So I think that the, pretty much the general consensus among fans and among, like, even among some of the younger players is that, you know, Satis did what he had to do and did the right thing and had some fun doing it and there shouldn't be punishment for it. But there's still an old guard there that, you know, has the uh, gun-written rules and six runs after six innings and all that kind of stuff.
0: Um, what do you think about Woodward's comments? So, a little too old-fashioned, or, or just, I mean, really, a young guy. Like, why would you, you know, he's, he is who he is. He's a young kid. Was
2: he like twenty-one? Yeah. Is he, is he, is he twenty-one yet? I don't yeah.
0: even know. But like, how do you yeah, tell? Yeah, twenty-one. This kid? Yeah, he's younger than. So subtle for sure. Yeah. How do you tell this kid? Don't swing. Just go out there and have fun, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. And it's tough. You know, Woodward. You know, for him to say that, and also the fact that Woodward, you know, they threw at Machado the very next batter, too. Right. To take take loss lost in the shuffle, too. Right. But that guy got, you know, he got suspended, but, you know, I mean, that's no different than Joe Kelly got, you know, all eight games, you know, obviously got reduced, but mm-hmm. for not hitting somebody. And this guy tried to hit somebody, too, on purpose. So, right. and you can prove it, you know, so yes. you definitely know for a fact there was intent. Um, and then even for his own manager, for Tingler to kind of say that's not how he should do it and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it's kind of tough if you don't know, defend your star player. That's so, what I'm right. trying to get where Tingler's right. coming from, too, because there are some of those rules, whatever, and. They can talk to him, but it just stinks when you have your sharp player. having all this fun, and all of a sudden, because of these silly old rules, you, you right. can't do that. So, But, but it's um, not mostly, like— I said baseball learns.
0: It's not like the dude was pitching a no-hitter. Like, you know, someone's pitching a no-hitter, you're up— No, yeah, I mean, you're six, yeah. You know, I mean,
3: throw a strike. Don't yeah. go down 3-0 and walk the previous two hitters, yeah. Yeah, you're up it, by it, 7 it, either. It, it, you know what I mean? If you're up by 7 or down by 7, yeah. throw strikes and don't walk anybody, because yes. nobody wants to see it, and it's a 7-run game. Yeah. Uh, don't walk people. So if you walk <laughs> yeah. two guys and load the bases, and then go 3-0 on the very next guy, yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. even down the middle. It was you know outside on a little bit on, on the outside part yeah. of the plate. Oppo. And he just drove it over the right field fence. Yeah. So to me, it's just kind of overblown. And yeah, I think the advantage got a little bit too old school in it. And I think right. that the natural reaction was, "Come on, that's pretty silly." So hopefully, you know, in the future now going forward, it won't be as frowned upon. But at the same time, we're not in control of those rules. You know, the managers and the players have those kind of <laughs> rules. But at least the public sentiment at least tells them that hey. That one, for example, is pretty
2: dumb. Yeah, exactly. Because if it's what two two now, was it a whole different story? Now, if he takes a two two pitch, yeah, hit the a grand one, slam, two oh, two oh, two all of a sudden yeah, now it's three, three a whole one. Yeah, like, yeah I, I, it was kind of crazy when I saw that come across the timeline and kind of read right. into it. But
0: and, yeah, and was the big f- story. It was like The biggest story yeah. like right. in days. Right, and the funny thing, I, something came out that Woodward in his career like hit a grand slam when his team was up like ten to four or something like that, or something. Some something.
3: Yeah, he like also it. had the one where Manny Machado hit a grand slam on a 3-0 with the Dodgers up by like six runs and Woodward was the Dodgers third base first of the time and he was like oh, the God. first one to regulated him at third base yeah. and it was like you know so it's kind of funny to see that and you know yeah it's, like, it's like the
2: equivalent of people going back in people's Twitter accounts and looking up stuff yeah, like yeah, exactly. eight years ago <laughs> yeah
3: exactly cool takes exposed exactly yeah exactly yeah.
2: Um, okay Rhett thank you again very much um, for you know taking time out and chatting with us pretty much at the halfway point which 25 game or 24 about to play 25. Um, it's kind of weird of saying, but, um, yeah. You know, yeah. Thanks again for uh, taking some time out and then, yep. you know, looking forward to the off season. And then that's when hopefully everything kind of, uh, gets kind of crazy and it'd be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
0: So Thanks for having me on again. Awesome. Thanks, Rhett.
1: Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry and you're listening to the all angels podcast.
0: Thanks again to Rhett Bollinger. You can check him out on Twitter at Rhett Bollinger. He keeps you updated. Um, I mean, just a great guy, very informative. Uh, What'd you think about, about his take on so far?
2: Yeah. And like, kind of like you mentioned the unofficial fourth member of uh, the all angels podcast when uh, he, who not should be named uh, isn't (laughs) here. Um, But no, yeah, it was great talking to him and and, and an informed guy. And, you know, we look forward to possibly next year or, you know, when they're able to actually get in the clubhouse and he kind of talked about it. Like Mm -hmm. they're not in the clubhouse. They don't know exactly what's going on. That's with any reporter right now, but um you know a great guy to to follow because uh if you're looking for angels information he's definitely uh one of the top guys to get to so follow my at at rhett bollinger on twitter and and set those notifications so you know when a player gets called up when a player gets sent down when you know uh joe madden says this or that like he's definitely one of the best ones to follow
0: right exactly because you know when something goes down rhett knows what's happening so you know we're you know we 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 don't claim to know everything, but we know people that actually that's, that's do why we, know everything. That's why everything.
2: we have them on. Because, right. like, hey, what do you think about this? Because yeah. we think X, you know, and a lot of times, sometimes he could be like, you know, it's actually Y. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. But, right. um, yeah, we always we always claim not to know everything, but we'll try to find someone that does, and and Rhett fall, uh, falls into that category a lot of, a lot of the time. Rhett's so, a
0: blue check guy, you're right. you right. Know? he's a I, blue we, checker. We
2: have no idea what the hell that
0: means. Yeah, he's oh, a, that is, <laughs> he's a blue check guy, and uh, if you got a blue check, then uh, I'll believe you.
2: Yeah. So real quick, uh, uh, we 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 mentioned some of the emails in, in the interview, but I want to give right. a qu- quick shout out to Lamar Washington and Duncan Healy. We. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, you guys didn't get into the interview, but it's because Rhett kind of answered your questions. Um, you know, uh, so I didn't want to kind of double back, but I want to give you guys a shout out again, Lamar Washington and Duncan Haley, uh, two of the most loyal emailers we have. And also shout out to Duncan because when we were, when I, or we're both listening to the, uh, uh, Radio broadcast yes, on, on AM
0: eight thirty. AM
2: eight thirty on Tuesday. Uh, they say they had a Alaska viewer and our automatic text <laughs> messages back and forth was like that had to be Duncan. That has because I mean I don't know how popular the Angels are in Alaska in general, yeah. but we know we at least have one Angel fan over there.
0: I highly doubt that there's a contingent of, of Angel fans in Alaska. Better Duncan,
2: if there is next, you yeah, let, let us know, know if there's like a, a group that meets up.
0: Yeah, I I highly doubt it, but you know, I mean, we heard Alaska and we're like, I I text Dan and 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 Chris, it has to be Duncan, right? Yeah. It has to be Duncan because it's Alaska, so um, yeah, I mean, come on, Duncan yeah, exactly. Healy, Duncan Healy, we're big in Alaska, but yeah, um, yeah, it was cool, it was it, you know, it's it it was cool to hear Alaska and, and automatically think that's Duncan,
2: right? Exactly. You're- dude like you're pretty popular now yeah. it seems like yeah man
0: <laughs> so. anyone that listens to this podcast probably had this i wonder if they had the same thought had where it's like alaska it had to be duncan yeah had to had to be duncan so i was hoping that they'd mention dead horse but they didn't
2: right they said alaska right. Like, oh. right
0: they were saying something about anchorage or whatever and i'm like i don't think it's an anchorage that he's not an anchorage i don't no. know how close anchorage is to dead horse alaska but i know i know you're pretty close to russia up there so <laughs> you know but anyway um yeah um Got nothing else to really talk about other than, you know, um, podcasts on Sunday. Um, You know, we got got three against Oakland coming up, and that's going to be tough.
2: Right, exactly. So, yeah, we'll be back Sunday um, for a recap of that again. We'll have two games against the Giants up in San Francisco and Mm -hmm. then also three games against Oakland. Um, So it'll be pretty much a full slate when we come back on Sunday, which hopefully you know, they can take care of business with the giants who have been struggling and then kind of continue the run they've had against the A's. Um, You know, obviously going two or three from the last time when uh, they played at the big A.
0: Yeah. So check us out again. If you guys who are listening to us on the podcast side of things, check us, check us out on social media at halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram, halo underscore Haven, Facebook, halo Haven. There's a like group page and then there's like a follow page. So halo Haven on Facebook. Uh, we hope to have the Chris the Curator Jan- Johnson back on Wednesday for you know Curator's Chronicles
2: again. If you know, who would have thought there was a back to school night when everything's over the computer now?
0: <laughs> right, back to school, back to the computer. I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, yeah. So that's gonna wrap it up for us here today. I am Johnny Maggs. I am Down Garcia. And you listen to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. <laughs>
1: So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
3: Hi, checking in for...
0: Or the perfect table.
3: Hey, where are you?